40 watching, Google, leave it to Beaver. But for me, I found a role model for being a woman, and even the divine feminine in the people who were closest to me. My mom, she was a supreme healer. She was the neighborhood nurse. She was the go-to mom for any splinter, any skinned knee. How many of you in here are old enough to remember Macurachrome? <laughs> I think that was a little passive aggressive, don't you think? Bee stings and poison ivy. And I remember when me and my little sister, my little brother, we were about six, four, and two. We all got chicken pox at the same time. That may have been planned in hindsight. But anyway, she lines us up, naked as jaybirds, arms in the air, and with a bucket of calamine lotion and a paintbrush, painted us like a picket fence. Her healing power extended to dogs and cats and birds and bunnies and, and snakes and lizards and bugs and slugs. And she found her love in the night sky, the love of God. She, she loved the moon and the first star of the evening, which technically was a planet, and falling stars. And she was an amateur astronomer, but she was a serious amateur astronomer. She had a telescope. I didn't realize at the time how outlandish this was. The telescope, honestly, the lens was this big around and it was so heavy it took two men to move it. But she would take us as small children all the way to St. Louis, Missouri, which was a two-hour drive from my little hometown of Hannibal, so that we could take classes on Saturday afternoons at the planetarium. And in the evenings, she would lay out blankets on the soft clover of our yard. And at night, she would guide us through the constellations, the Big Dipper to the Little Dipper, to my favorite, because it was so easy to find Orion. Her love for the sky also manifested in a very unique career, especially for a woman in small town mid-America. She literally took to the sky. Now, unlike Superman, she did need an airplane, but boy, did she fly. She became, when I was 12 years old, she became a pilot. And she went on to get her um, instrument flight rating, her multi-engine rating. She flew charter. She flew air ambulance. And then she went on to become an instructor herself. Now, do you ever remember sitting on the edge of the nest, being encouraged by your parents, or maybe kicked out? <laughs> to go out on your own. Maybe the first time you drove a car or the first time you flew an airplane. 
Some mothers taught their kids to drive. My mom taught me how to fly. I'll never forget the summer day. She takes me out for takeoffs and landings. They're called touch and goes. And we do that for about an hour. Touch and go, touch and go. And then when we land, she said, you know, stop the plane for a moment. And she stopped, I, I pulled it to a stop. And she gets out of the plane. I said, where are you going? And she goes, you're ready to fly. You'll be fine. I was like, I'm going to die. But she encouraged me to go, and I took off, and I landed. And when I landed, she was standing there like a proud mama bird. And I get out of the plane. She comes over, gives me this big hug, pulls out a pair of scissors, and cuts off the tail of my shirt and proceeds it to pin it on a wall in the terminal with all of the other shirt tails of pilots commemorating their first solo. Oh, yeah. By the time I was 16 years old, she had mastered acrobatics. That's right, my mom could beat up your mom. <laughs> I still remember the first time she took me up in an acrobatic plane. There's Two seats. She's in the front. I'm in the back. It's a little two-seater, just like you would picture. Glass canopy overhead, throttle stick between our legs. Only thing missing, Snoopy goggles. She takes me up, and we're doing loops and rolls. We're flying upside down, and I'm watching the countryside of green pastures through the canopy of the plane. And then as her last procedure, she takes me up into a procedure called a hammerhead. Now, if you're not familiar with what that is, she pulls the throttle straight back and we go up, 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 up. And then she turns off the engine. She did not tell me about that part. We silently come down to the earth, spinning, watching the earth circle round and round. And I can remember what I was thinking. Have I done anything to tick this woman off? <laughs> but I remember after we landed thinking, she's the bravest person I've ever met. Many people see women as soft and vulnerable and consider them the weaker sex. My image of a woman was someone beautiful and smart, gentle and strong, graceful and brave. Ernest Holmes said that life is androgynous containing within itself both male and female factors. The feminine and masculine are from one principle. And I love this part. All come from the one. will return to the one. Are all now in the one. 
and will forever remain in the one. Back of all manifestation must be the desire to create, the urge to express. And this is called the divine urge. Author Dennis Merritt Jones said, infinite presence as the divine feminine is unconditional love. I love that. Divine feminine is an omnipresent principle with equal access across the gender spectrum. And it requires becoming more vulnerable. And because of that, some people, particularly some men, see that vulnerability as weakness. Even use it to be derogatory to others. You're acting like a little girl. You're being a sissy. But divine feminine, it's only in light of that vulnerability that authentic love fully reveals itself. And fortunately, not all men are afraid to show their feminine side, their divine feminine, the yin, the yang. I watched firsthand the divine feminine combined with the masculine the first time I watched my son cradle his autistic little boy in his arms with unconditional love and patience. Or when my husband, your tenor, Greg would curl up in bed at night with his little boy and read to them until they both fell asleep. <laughs> Happy birthday, sweets. Aww. Or when my dad would play the tickle game. <laughs> it was the same game night after night, and my siblings and I, we never tired of this game. He worked long hours. He often came home from work after we'd already finished dinner. We're getting ready for bed, and then we hear the front door open, and we hear him come through, stop, stop. And in this deep, grumbly voice, he says, where are my children? Where could they be? He'd walk in, and he'd say, they're not in the living room. And we're back hiding under this bed, all piled in the same bed, under the same blanket, wiggling and giggling. And he'd come down the hallway. They're not in the bathroom. Where could they be? <laughs> They're not in the hallway. They're not in the kitchen. He'd come into the bedroom where we're all hiding and squiggling and giggling and laughing, and he'd look at the bedroom, and then he'd plop down on the bed on top of us and say, I've looked everywhere. Where could they be? And then he'd turn over and go, tickle, 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 ah! until we were absolutely exhausted with laughter and with love and delight. Oh, my gosh. So what? In your life, wouldn't you like to experience the balance, the wholeness, the ability to create, the ability to manifest, the ability to love unconditionally? While meditating on the lesson for today, creating the divine feminine, a word appeared to me, combining the feminine 
and the divine that is in each and every one of us. And that word is feminamaste. <laughs> The divine feminine in me honors the divine feminine in you. Feminamaste. It's kind of fun to say. Feminamaste. Try it. Feminamaste. Awesome. Now, turn to your neighbor, look into their eyes, and say to them simply, Feminamaste. 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 Let me tell you one more story about my mom and how she gave me the greatest gift ever. I remember I was 10 years old, lying on a blanket one night with my mom. We're gazing at the stars, and she says, Karen, can you find Orion by yourself? I said, sure, that's easy, and I pointed to it. And she said, good, because when I die, that's where I'm going to be hanging out, and you'll always be able to find me. And I remember thinking at the time, that was very far away. But now that she's gone, wherever I travel, it doesn't matter where, I, all I have to do is look up into the night sky. And I see her. I find her. And I talk to her. An interesting epilogue to this story happened just yesterday. I was watching Morgan Freeman in the documentary on Netflix, The Story of God. Now, how many of you are hearing Morgan Freeman say, The Story of God? <laughs> it turns out that the constellation of Orion was an integral part of the creation story for the Mayans. I thought that was fascinating. So it seems to me, between my mom hanging out there and the fact that the Mayans have included this constellation into their creation, that I think it's really the manifestation of the divine feminine. And I invite you to join me in using Orion as a touchstone to the divine feminine at any time. And while you're there, say hi to my mom. Despite the perceived chaos vying for our attention right now, with the help of the divine feminine, we will continue to create to manifest, to love. And it seems to me the way through all of this discord right now, the political discord, the climate change, the coronavirus, is not to power through it, but instead to call upon the divine feminine. Because of the coronavirus, we as persons may experience some social distance, but spirit knows no distance. This is the time to reach out, not with hands, but with heart. Let us reach out with compassion. Let us reach out with unconditional love. Let us see the divine feminine in all. Feminamaste. so much for that, Karen. That was wonderful. Boy, we're all inspired. I, I feel just very, very happy right now. And um, 
Orion is one of my favorite constellations, too. We even mentioned it in one of our songs. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to do a song. Oh, by the way, Barry is going to be featured on soprano sax, but he was playing penny whistle on that last song. And you're going to be playing accordion again, right? My mom worked for NASA. We're going to have to have a conversation for 46 years. Yes. They had to kick her out at the age of 87. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so we want to hear you singing in here.